0: How did The Shadow originate? Was it a, was it a show know. before you? Or? No, I was the original Democrats, as far as I know, but yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't But want you to, didn't write that. Oh, no, oh, my God, I didn't even know how they came out. Mm-hmm. I didn't rehearse them, you know. I didn't have dress rehearsals. I didn't know how I'd get out of the well ever when I was thrown in. Yeah. And you never had anything to do with that marvelous <sighs> opening speech? Well, I Who said knows, it. I you, said, you uh, said that, uh, yeah, you know, uh, evil lurks in the hearts of men. And the laugh was your laugh. Yes, but I had a... Reverbed? No, I... Oh, my goodness, I just did it. And all the children in the world did it, you know, in those days. Oh, no. Every I did kid, it. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think I heard you originally. I was it. You just don't know. I was yeah. the Grafton. In the 40s, too? Well, they kept playing oh, them, and they were me, records, you see. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure I was. Well, oh, that was my favorite radio show. Yeah. People keep talking about it. I hear on television people keep talking, making jokes about Lamont Cranston. They yeah. still don't remember that they name. Remember it. Yeah. The shadow And they don't know I was it. I keep wanting to say I was me. <laughs> Were there other Lamont Cranston people? Yes.
1: To play the part of uh, Lamont Cranston, the uh, whole of radio was scoured, I suppose you might say, to find an actor who would be perfect in the part. And of course they found the actor who was perfect in the part because they went to Orson Welles, who by that time had quite a reputation and had also achieved great fame on Broadway already because he had become perhaps the youngest most successful producer in the history of Broadway. So here was a young man whose name was on everybody's lips, and Blue Cole was smart enough to approach him with the idea of playing Lamont Cranston in this new version of
2: The Shadow. In the fall of 1937, Orson Welles was busy reading for a Mercury Theatre Broadway production of Julius Caesar. The agency Ruth, Roth, and Ryan approached Wells about the possibility of starring in a weekly radio series. His signing was announced in the New York Times on August 29, 1937. Wells's contract allowed him to miss rehearsals and readings. He was paid $75 per week, or roughly $1,500 today, for one half hour of weekly work.
1: Orson awesome was very, very busy at that time, and it seemed almost impossible for him to take on such an assignment, but, uh, great concessions were made so that he would be able to take it on. Among the concessions, well perhaps the biggest of course, was that he would not have to attend rehearsal, that uh, the program would be prepared and almost completed except for his appearance, and when the moment came that they would be ready for him, they were prepared to send for him at the theatre where he would be rehearsing his own company, the Mercury Theatre, and he would come down in a chauffeur-driven limousine or a taxicab to the studio where we were working. We were at the RCA studio on 24th Street between uh, 3rd Avenue and Lexington Avenue in New York, and Orson was working at the Princess Theatre with the, his Mercury group. The Princess Theatre was on 39th Street and Broadway. So it wasn't too big a jump for Orson, but he was able to make it. He would hop into his taxicab or limo, as I said, appear at our studio in about five minutes, walk in, pick up a script, go to the microphone, and start to perform the show. The show was recorded, of course, and that's why we were able to do it in that fashion.
2: On Sunday, September 26th at 5.30 p.m., the new version of The Shadow debuted. The program's announcer was Ken Roberts. Opposite Wells' Margot Lane was Agnes Moorhead along with many of the Mercury Theater players. It
1: meant nothing to Orson that first series. Uh, What happened was, the Mercury Theater wanted, uh, they all wanted jobs on Sunday, because they were not playing on Sunday, and they all decided to get in radio, and they decided if they could take over a radio show, it would be great. And the only show that happened to come up that was open was The Shadow. So they took it, and they had it for two seasons.
2: The shadow was Lamont Cranston, a wealthy man about town. He had the ability to cloak himself with invisibility and to read minds. They were tools of mesmer, learned through years of study in the Orient and India. Walter Gibson's involvement in the radio series was minimal. Clark Andrews directed the first few broadcasts, with Martin Gable becoming de facto director thereafter.